Kept you waiting, huh? Hello everyone. Welcome to Pod Position. It's been a minute. I'm Jim Sterling. How, how is everyone? Hello, Laura. How are you? I'm I'm good. I'm here. I'm 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 very angry at you, Jim. You didn't turn up last week, and I I can't think of oh, any excuse good enough to justify you not showing up for Podquisition. It's it's the cornerstone of the week, and you just threw <laughs> my week into disregard. Clearly, with no thought for my for it. my welfare. Obviously, Jim. <laughs> I can't handle the big time. I choked under pressure. Uh, obviously, Gymquisition brand has gotten too big to handle. So I did a Stephen Fry and disappeared to Belgium. Um, and Gavin found me on a boat and brought me back. And I had a big long beard from being away for so long. And he brought me back and swaddled me and sponge bathed me and took me back into civilization. Hello, Gavin. How are you? I'm good. I'm a little traumatized after that experience, but I'm, I'm, I'm recovering. <laughs> So, okay, let's... Um... It's the beard. I, n- I never want to see you with a beard again. <laughs> I don't... The naked honestly... sponge bath I could handle, man, but not the beard. Um, I actually did shave a beard off yesterday. Oh, yeah? Um, because uh, uh, for those who don't know, I've been in the hospital for the past, like, five... I think it was five days, maybe six. I, My sense of timing has, has gone completely to part, but I've been in hospital for quite a while. Um, had a full-on fucking blue-o beard going on. It was horrible. Uh, finally got home last night from the hospital, shaved that off. That was one of the first things I did once I finally had a shit. Um, so last week uh, we didn't do a podquisition. Apologies my, for my, that. Um, I did my, announce... my understanding of you not being on was that you got caught in some kind of gym saw trap and ended up, you know, losing <laughs> losing some bodily organs in the process, and you had to recover for a bit. Is that is that about right? <laughs> Well, um, Jimsaw is still at large and still a threat. Um, I can't, I, 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 I can't say for sure whether he was involved, uh, but obviously some shenanigans were afoot because my gallbladder was fucked completely. Um, we didn't know this at the time last week. Last week, uh, it was just, it was a kind of pain that I've never felt before. Uh, and this is someone who dealt with chronic pain last year and still does off and on with my, with my back injury. Uh, but this was a kind of pain that was un, absolutely unprecedented in my life. And I consider myself very good I've at heard, tolerating I've heard pain. it's one of the worst pains out there. The, uh, the so so I've heard. That's I've, what it was. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Apparently a, a, a fuckload of gallstones. I could have opened wow. a gallstone mine. Um, because I'm the greatest showman in games media, even my organs fail with spectacular pizzazz. <laughs> So my gallbladder, as well as um, being the best at producing stones, uh, was also like so heavily inflamed and infected. It had embedded itself in my liver, which they had to burn. They had to burn into my liver to burn my gallbladder out. Uh, so Please. even among gallbladders, it was um, it was a champion grade so, failure. Of fun, an organ. It, fun... it it wasn't a cute little gallbladder going. I make these. It was. A... I was, <laughs> was going to point that out, Gav. About five minutes before Jim told, like, said to everyone, like, "Oh, I've got a fuck ton of gallstones." About five minutes before yeah. that, I happened to see a comic of a cute little gallbladder cartoon. It was just like, yeah, "I made you these," yeah. and the the livers like, yeah, "Why the fuck?" <laughs> Did you make all these stones? Yeah. It's like, but I made them. For <laughs> my, uh, my, 
my girlfriend got hers out her gallbladder out a couple of years ago and that comic makes her so sad about yeah, her gallbladder is just trying to make things yeah, for I you make, Jim and, and you, you were like no I've got to say, your gallbladder I don't want your stones I've got no sympathy <laughs> i got no sympathy for my gallbladder the great irony is my, my doctor said it's probably because I lost um, weight as quick as I did it's like there's your, pu- there's your reward um, fat boy uh, enjoy it. Thank you for getting uh, so, into good shape. Your body's going to try and kill you now. Yeah, well, thank you for getting into a sort of shape. Um, we, we're going to so really... you now um, have to avoid, like, cheese and shit for a while? Uh, apparently not. Uh, the doctor said, um, eat what you want. He said, uh, oh. there could be what he called uh, rectal urgency. <laughs> and that's today's <laughs> podquisition title. Yeah. Um, I can't say... <laughs> I can't say I've 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 experienced rectal urgency yet. Quite the opposite. In fact, my uh, my posterior's been rather shy on the matter. Um, <laughs> it works. Don't worry about it. I'm wired up correctly. Uh, they wouldn't yeah. let me go without it. They don't let you go. Mm. They don't let you leave gallbladder surgery until you've confirmed you farted. Uh, you, um, I, I, I'm going to say when I went I in for surgery last year, I wasn't allowed to leave the hospital until I confirmed I'd taken a shit, and that took me about ten yeah. days. That was fun. <laughs> Ugh. Um, yeah. yeah, luckily I was able to squirt, well, you just squirt a little just, something out. You know, oh, damn, that must have been a big shit. Right. <laughs> but yeah, the the only issue that could be is if I eat like a big fatty meal, like if I have like a big juicy fatty burger or something, then apparently because one's gallbladder isn't there to store bile and the bile is instead just going like drip, like directly into the digestive system, it... Your body might sense fats and then think he's eating loads. He needs to shit, um, and and then I might suddenly need to go poo poo. Um, and he said, but the plus side of that is that uh, you will crap out uh, undigested fat. So there's some calories saved. Um, but otherwise, it's it's not bad. I've got some some real food in after that. I mean, like they joke about how bad hospital food is, but I'm convinced they do it like to live up to the name now where it's like we are in a hospital so we are committed to making this the worst um it's really not nice um but anyway that's that uh, i won't talk about it. i mean it was five days in there some of the days were unnecessary there was a lot of fucking around i'm not happy about um some of what happened in that hospital um but i uh, that's that that's why i was away uh, but I'm quite proud of myself. We, uh, I, it means I've edited and, and recorded and published a Jimquisition um, through gallbladder pain, which I'm quite proud I'm able to do, and still was able to get one up between medical procedures, thanks to Justin uh, remastering an episode for me and us filming a little bit in the hospital room. Um, apparently I was very loud, but we didn't get caught, so henmania. <laughs> Uh, good stuff. Um, but other than that, thanks to everyone who's uh, sent, sent in support and well wishes and everything. Um, and I'm I'm happy to be back. So let's talk about some video games. Woo. Uh, so there's there's All one right. that I know both me and Jim have played uh, since we last recorded, which was uh, Crash Bandicoot, which I have no idea if Gavin's played any of since the remaster happened. No, I saw... I saw the footage um, of the platforming in it, and I was <laughs> like, yeah, no, I, I know I can safely give that one a yeah, miss. So, <laughs> yeah, it's Crash Bandicoot. I, I, don't, I don't deal well with frustration. Yeah, I got sent Crash Bandicoot it, so I played was, some, um, but I'll, I'll let Jim go first. How, I, I don't know what your history is with Crash Bandicoot, Jim. I, 
I, uh, you know, I played it back in the day. Um, I used to love mascot platformers back in the day. It's actually a, a funny thing where people uh, look at my review of ukulele and they, they say, well, Jim just hates those sorts of games. Um, and it's, no, actually, I was a big fan of, of many types of uh, three, early 3D platformers. Uh, the problem is, is very few of them aged well. And even the ones that aged well kind of need modernization mm. um, in order to, to, to work in, in, on a mechanical level, not just a visual level. Um, and Crash Bandicoot is a uniquely... Uh, the first one, at least. Um, it, it eases up over the series. But the first one, especially, is a, a uniquely um, frustrating uh, with, with their attempt to do 3D platforming because there are a lot of elements of Crash Bandicoot that require precision platforming mm -hmm. in a 3D space with a camera that has no intention of being useful in a, a precise platforming environment. Um, I, I played the first... Uh, I played Crash Bandicoot 1, uh, on the remastered one, as part of the Insane trilogy, uh, up to that fucking bridge level and stopped and moved straight onto Crash Bandicoot 2 because... Uh, God fucking damn that bridge level. Is it fair to say the controls level. also... The controls also don't lend themselves very yeah. well to precision. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's yeah. There's not a lot of nuance with Crash's movements, um, yeah. and and they didn't do a heck of a lot of modernization with that. They kind of kept it mechanically quite faithful, uh, which is fine. It's a really good remaster, but I, the first I Crash wouldn't... Bandicoot is mm. a uniquely frustrating experience. So I, I was never a fan of Crash Bandicoot in the first place. Like, I, I was always a Nintendo person in that generation of consoles. And I was very, like, of, right. of the two of these, both of them were... Ma both both Crash Bandicoot and Mario 64 were very similar-timed mascot platformers trying to work out, like, how do we do 3D platforming? And I think yeah. Mario definitely got got to grips a lot quicker with how to do 3d platforming in a way that felt well they knew satisfying they knew tricky precise jumping in a 3d environment like that was not going to work out too well yeah. and something naughty dog didn't quite didn't quite work mm. out so uh with with depth of field and perspective being e what it even is. on top of like the fiddly specific platforming um there are things mm -hmm. that I've never liked about Crash Bandicoot, and the, the example I always go to is, like, right near the beginning of Crash Bandicoot 1, there is a level where you have to do tricky, precise platforming with a boulder chasing you, running towards the screen, <laughs> and the camera's so zoomed oh, in yeah. that you can't see... Even, like, you have to memorise... Even the tiny little... Uh, um... Yeah. Even the tiny little part of that in Uncharted yeah, Four made you have to you have to memorize <laughs> where, where holes are going to be because you don't really have time to prepare for them. Maybe it's because I'm just older now, or just I have played because because back in the day, uh, it was the Boulder levels and the Warthog levels that were the famous Crash Bandicoot mm. levels. Uh, in the same way that Sonic has Emerald Hill Zone and Mario obviously has World One One, you know the, the 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 those iconic levels that you not Ubisoft iconic, real iconic levels that you associate with certain platformers. Um, Crash, uh, when I was a kid, that that those were the levels that were like included in demos. They were the ones that were shown that you'd show your friends uh, because they were visually impressive. Uh, they, this back in, they were yeah. back in the day. Um, yeah. This this perspective of this. No, that's true. I remember going to someone's house back in the day and they were playing Crash and 
it was consensus that the game looked amazing. Yeah, yeah, like, you wouldn't believe it, but uh, yeah, back in the day, you were like, "Wow, that's a whoa, that's actually quite good." Um, and uh, yeah, yeah, I, I don't know if it's just because I'm older now, but I remember, I, despite it being famous and me tricking myself into thinking it was awesome, like I never had fun playing that Boulder level. Mm. Um, but I will say, at least I got I got through it this time a lot. Actually, um, I got video footage I need to put up, but I, I got through it. Uh, I did a perfect run on that boulder level first time, um, which I couldn't do as a kid. But uh, so, no amount of money can convince me to do that bridge level again. Yeah. That's where it falls apart for me. I can get through the warthog, even though some... This warthog's the same thing the other mm. way around. A, a big problem with Crash, and there are some, some of the side scroll God damn, the fucking side-scrolling uh, platforming bits. Some of them, like, really ambush you you need to either play it a lot and know what's coming or just be clairvoyant because some of the things that like come out at you that you're mm. not expecting um not just with the the boulder coming at you but the warthog level as well and um, some of those turns you need to be turning before you can even see what you're supposed to be avoiding sometimes um and predicting because there are uh, uh Obstacles going left to right and you've got to predict which way they're going and yeah not a lot of it which was yeah, not a lot of it was designed with uh, a leftover skill in from mind, a leftover from like uh, it's a leftover from the from the era just before that era where games had to be artificially made mm. more difficult just it's, to lengthen it, it's them. It's one of the the 3D mascot platformers that most suffers from that sort of arcade design mentality where the yes. idea was get people to have to funnel in as many coins as they can to get through this by giving them deaths that are very difficult to preempt and it's 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 no spyro yeah. the dragon it's now that yeah. was my mascot platformer in the day it it's no it's spyro the dragon like here's here's my thoughts on the remaster i think the remaster is visually very impressive and i think True. crash yeah. 2 and 3 on it are like decent i wouldn't say that they're necessarily good but they're okay they're decent and crash was never a great series i don't I've, think i've never um, thought it was great no, like, I got a fondness for it because of the nostalgia. Um, but even uh, back in the day, like, it was there as a... It was a showpiece for the PlayStation 1. Mm. It was... If you get, if you get a PS1, then you you might as well pick up Crash. Yeah. Because it looks so great, um, <laughs> as it did back in the day. And, uh, you know, it was a serviceable platformer. Uh, it was one of those... It was a reliable yeah. game. You could put it in, you'd get, you know, some time out of it. It was it was an old faithful back in the day, and you know, years have, I guess, afforded Crash a certain level of nostalgia. So this, I know it feels like he's a bigger deal in retrospect than he was. Yeah. But I might be misremembering. It's just that I don't. Yeah. I know he was primed to sort of be the mascot of the PlayStation brand, but he was kind of quickly superseded by Lara Croft around the time, but, if I recall correctly. Very, it, it, it very much feels like that's the way. Um, also, something I thought was really interesting about this remaster is I felt like I was having a more difficult time playing the remaster than I had with the original game. And apparently that might not just be me. Apparently hmm. they've slightly tweaked the controls in Crash 1 to better rep make them more like the controls of Crash 3, which doesn't gel... Oh, like they did a bit with Uncharted. Yeah, but apparently that doesn't gel properly with Crash Bandicoot 1's jumps, and that might be some of why I'm having real trouble with the jumping timing. 
in that they've yeah, put that, some of okay. Crash 3's yeah. like jumping animations and things into Crash 1 and that's kind of thrown things slightly. I I guess like yeah cuz I it's been a while since I've played any video games but uh, that was the last one I played and from what I recall uh playing through the first Crash some of those jumps did feel a little I, I can't even describe it, a little sticky, a little, just something slightly off. And I was just putting it down to Crash being Crash. No, uh, I'm like, apparently well, this, this it is, is that they've, was, they've but, taken uh, something from Crash 3 and done it to Crash 1, and it's sort of thrown Crash 1 slightly. Um, uh, but yeah, like, I, I don't really have the nostalgia for Crash Bandicoot. It was the thing that I played at friends' houses and was like, Okay, this is the platformer you get, but I'm I'm not sold. And I just went back and played my Mario sixty four and was like, woohoo, jumping, yay! Yeah, I mean historically, um, Mario sixty four was the better game, of course. Um, even though back in the day, I never cared for it. Uh, I I was m- way more frustrated and annoyed, even though it was designed to. Uh, not do this. I was way more dis- uh, frustrated and annoyed by the 3D platforming in Mario than I was in Crash, if you can actually believe it. Um, I'm, I'm not sure why, but I never really, really enjoyed Mario 64 very much. Uh, it, for me, it was... But, you know, I I was very heavily into the, the PlayStation stuff yeah. as opposed to the Nintendo <laughs> stuff. So... Um. Uh, for me, but, it was it was Mario. It was uh, yeah. sorry, Crash and Spyro. They were my sort of thing. Yeah. Oh, and, and let's not forget Croc, Legend of the Gobbos. Oh God! So you know my favorite mascot platformer uh, outside of like your, your Mario's and things. I was a big fan of Billy Hatcher and the Giant Egg on on GameCube. That was a good mascot platformer. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, no. Apparently, at least in the UK, the Crash re- remaster is selling incredibly well. Um. It apparently took something like two days for it to be the best-selling game in the UK of the year so far. So, like, in two days' sales, it had overtaken, like, all current sales for, like, Breath of the Wild, Horizon Zero Dawn. It just... Everyone wants Crash Bandicoot, apparently. I... I... You know, it makes... Anecdotally, it makes sense. Um, Speaking as a a kid at the time, um, you know, as a... In my early teens, uh, PlayStation... Was a certainly in my school. It was the big deal. The N sixty four was not seen as as any kind of hot shit at all. Uh, so it was it was the, the PSX that everyone was talking about. It was the one that was constantly advertised on TV. Uh, Crash Bandicoot got all these interesting commercials, as did Spyro. This I remember the Spyro commercial. Um, I think it, it may have even got taken off because it was like weird, um, but. A bunch of people at a train station, and then something something flips on the train station timetable, and then everyone just starts breathing fire in unison. Sony ads were fucked up in the nineties in the UK, um, but they, they got attention. Yeah, they got they, they were they were directed by um, Chris Cunningham, who did all the Aphex Twin and Bjork. No, that videos. makes sense. Yeah, they. I remember the one with the the Scottish woman who had the symmetrical face. Yeah, uh, that one was was legendarily freaky. Uh, but yeah, I can see Crash selling well in the UK just because I think the very much like Sega um, in, in before that that before the uh, you know Sony had, had come in and, and kicked everyone's teeth in. Um, British people tended to gravitate culturally a bit more towards Sega stuff than Nintendo stuff, and then uh, in the PSX era, more towards PSX stuff than N64 stuff. Um, and again, I'm only speaking anecdotally, but. Yeah, everyone was a lot more about 
crash the Mario uh, in, certainly in my neck of the woods, down my way. Well, I liked Mario, so I think you're stupid, Jim. <laughs> I know, I'm, I, I'm, I'm saying I th- Mario was the better, it was the better game. Um, but I, How I, dare I, it you makes have a moment of that... not thinking Nintendo was the <laughs> yeah, best. Yeah, Nintendo <laughs> was the best, and every game they make is a 10 out of 10, and none of their games are 7 out of 10. I've never given a Nintendo game a 7 out of 10. By the uh, way, my um, my Breath of the Wild song that I released, the, the two comments that were <laughs> oh, by man. far the most prominent were 7 out of 10, and I don't have a problem yeah, with that. Yeah, we, 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 kind of, uh, <laughs> like, we kind of messed up your comments uh, thread there a yeah, bit, didn't the we? The comment Sorry. section was just... And, and some, people, some people who don't listen to Podquisition then weren't getting the joke and were, like, giving out to the people <laughs> saying this is a 7 out of 10, and, like, there were fights and stuff, and I was oh, like, oh, no. dear. <laughs> oh, I'm, yeah. I'm sorry comment thread that we ruined um so what else happened this week uh oh there was some other sony news this week uh you know that new um that new game from bioware anthem that got shown for the xbox oh, yeah. one uh at e3 with a with a nice trailer sony put World up their own trailer for anthem and it didn't take people very long to notice wait a second sony is this the Xbox One trailer, but you photoshopped really shittily the PS4 buttons over the Xbox One buttons? <laughs> and it turns out that's what they did, and they very quickly took the trailer down and didn't give any explanation. They just didn't talk about it. That's amazing. That's incredible. Yeah, they literally just... Of the things I miss when I'm away. Yeah, they downloaded the Xbox One E3 trailer, and they basically <laughs> just stuck, like... <laughs> The PlayStation button logos over, like, not even well. If you looked closely, you could see the Xbox One button prompts under the PS4 button prompts. Like, they didn't do a good job of photoshopping these in. Like, it hurts to laugh and to cough at the moment, but right now it's fucking worth it. That is hilarious. Uh, (laughs) I bet they use, like, VidKeep or, like, KeepVid or SaveFrom fucking... Downloading it direct from YouTube and then slapping them on in like Windows Movie Maker. It's, That's it's, brilliant. It's really interesting to me because this is like one of a couple of trailers since E3 that they've uploaded and had to take down. That they've seemingly just like downloaded from somewhere and not officially been given and uploaded them and okay. had to take them back down. Because they did I need this to for check the Beyond Good and Evil 2 trailer. They temporarily had it on Sony's YouTube channel and then had to take it down, presumably, because they just like downloaded it from an E3 press conference or something and we're like you know oh we, we don't have this confirmed yet oh we'll, we'll take that down it, sorry and yet they still have so a trailer for Life of Black Tiger those, uh... sorry so I had to check it easy to just black out those <laughs> those buttons yeah no you could have just like put black squares over I'm those buttons before now. you put your PS4 buttons on but no they just put the PS4 yeah. buttons over the Xbox One buttons I don't know why Ah, uh, Sony. Maybe they're throwing shade. Maybe maybe Sony's getting some exclusive or something and they're throwing shade. It... Saying, oh, you thought the Xbox was getting this game? Well, what they no, didn't we'll tell you was you. it's getting it six we'll months later than us. We'll show you by not even having an official <laughs> trailer of our own. Um, yeah. <laughs> oh, well, there's a bunch of Sony stuff this week. What was that shitty game you were playing uh, that we talked about last time we did Podquisition that you played on the PS4? Oh, that yeah. You could get um, a trophy really quick. Five star. Yeah, five star, thousand something or other. Yeah, five star, thousand top rated. Um, That's the yeah, one. they... 
they acted, and I'm not going to take full credit, but they they acted like the day after my video went up. I'm not saying I influenced <laughs> it, and I'm, but I do know that people from Sony watch my stuff, and, and I'm not saying, but it was me who kicked up the stink. So, yeah, Five Star Thousand Top Rated did get taken off of PSN very shortly after we did Podquisition uh, and you did your video. It didn't get taken down permanently because it's a shit, no. terrible game that should never have been on PSN. Well, Sony's you... got no problem with that. Like I said, they're still advertising Life yeah. of Black Tiger did... on their fucking did... channel. They've taken down those other trailers. They've still got yeah. Life of Black Tiger up. For did you shame. see the developer's like explanation of what's happening with Five Star Thousand Top Rated? Uh, I I saw the new I saw why it was taken down because Sony wants them to not ba- to basically not sell it as a free platinum trophy. Um, well, I say free, but you know a, a paid for platinum trophy. I'm, I've not seen what the what the devs officially. The, the said. devs line was like, "Hey, so we weren't suppo- we're not supposed to like advertise this as a." way to get a platinum trophy but also sony had a little bit of a complaint to them apparently about their titling of the game in that their 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 title is basically a bunch of seo keywords so the developer was like oh yeah we've not been told to like change the game in any way we just like have to not advertise it as as like a way to get a platinum and we've been thinking of different titles to give it to to not be just seo (laughs) bait which I I wish I could pull up the developers list now. What but is it like? Like they're all Trump just... tits, yeah, vagina. Yeah, just more lists of SEO <laughs> terms. Like I can't remember how to type this oh, game's wow. title in properly to like find it. How how do you find five, five star, star thousand, thousand top rated? Is it numbers? Is it I digits? If, if you, it's it's five actual stars, um, but if you just do thousand top rated, um, it should come up. Um, a lot of people didn't put the stars in. Thousand top rated. Let me find what were the uh, PS4. That's incredible. Um, yeah. So like the the dev was supporting Sony taking it down. He's very like, oh, people are criticizing Sony's quality process, but they the Sony do you know have quality control. They just like letting <laughs> indies on and supporting the indie experience, which you know that's that's why my game got on there is Sony's like family and supports indies. Um, I mean, look, I, I'll say this, right? I I don't necessarily want these games taken down. I don't necessarily care that they're there. Uh, I am, well, I, I care that they're there for the same reason I care what, uh, about the saturation on Steam. And I worry that it could actually be worse on the PlayStation Store where there's a lot less filtering and curation. Um, it's not that I want these games taken down, though. It's right now, I want to know what Sony's fucking angle is. Um, and I'm just confused oh, as hell. Okay, I found, I found this guy's like names who wants to give this game instead. So apparently yeah, all that Sony are asking that. for is like, take out the mentions of trophies in your marketing materials and rename it. Uh, his current yeah, top-running title to like replace the SEO bait name is sliding tile video game. <laughs> yeah, he literally just That's wants to call it. That's about on par with the imagination yeah, shown in the game. He just wants to call it sliding tile video game. I mean, this is the death. Like, th- this person wants to talk about being a fucking indie, being supported by Sony. This is the definition of a fucking hack. This is this is what I point to when I say that you don't have to be AAA to be a lazy fucking hack developer um there are unfortunately many independent developers who are just as fucking lazy and and 
oh, just shameless. Uh, that are there just to make as quick and dirty but, a buck as Jim, possible. But Jim, are you and... are you being critical of a game that might end up being called Top Rated Sliders Super Tile Slider Top Rated Tile Topia? Oh my fucking god! <laughs> to be That's fair, Tile Topia is 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 uh, Tile Topia is not bad. <laughs> there like are that, some words in if, there if, you if could have as a decent good. title. You know, just not all of those words at once. I mean, Tiletopia, that sounds like somewhere you go to buy a new kitchen floor. Yeah, yeah. And that that actually is the kind of place where this game belongs, on the kitchen floor. Oh, I... Kick it onto the floor. I'm just reading this guy's quote and more and more beautiful As stuff Jim comes out As Jim gets his emergency poo. Uh, Sony's support for re-releasing every aspect of my game's core mechanics and trophy set demonstrates an unwavering commitment <laughs> to championing everyone's love for games, including players who love quirky indie games. That is not a quirky indie game. That is not a quirky anything. That is a fucking... That is someone's holiday photos that they've cut up into rectangles and said, yeah, that's that's a platinum trophy. This is... That's amazing. But Jim, it's a quirky indie game. Quirky indie game. Uh, it's, what they cut yeah. out of me... What they cut out of me on Friday is... On Monday is a quirkier indie game. Uh, we, we had... There's a bunch of Sony stuff this week. I keep looking through the list and there's just more and more Sony stuff. So, um, you know how we found out at E3 that, that Shadow of the Colossus is getting remastered for the PS4? Yeah. The guy who originally made yeah. it, Fueda, contacted Sony and just like sent them a list and was like, Hey, if you're remaking this, uh, you didn't contact me about it, but if, if, if you're remaking it... Here's what I think should be changed because you know these are the things that people have complained to me about this game that if I could change it in hindsight I would and he apparently got no reply from Sony. Sony just completely wow. ignored the game's developer being like I think you should fix these things if you're remaking the game today. But see that's what I love about Sony is wow. their commitment to developers and they're a family, you know? They're so committed to these quirky <laughs> games and the people who make them. Fucking hell. Like, that just... That speaks volumes. The thousand top-rated Tull creator fucking hack-job weapon chancer pisshead can fucking talk shit and put up Tiletopia bollocorama and the man who's making a game that they're trading off the fucking back of can't get an email back. Yeah, it is... It is weird. Like... I, I really like Shadow of the Colossus. I think it's the best, uh, like the most polished of the games uh, Team Ica have done, but it's certainly not perfect. And you would hope the person who like sunk their life into making it would probably be the best person to listen to about how to make it better the second time around. Well, I don't know. He so. made it that way in the first place. So. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he... I just, like, call me weird, right? But if I'm going to remaster mm. a game, like a really cr critically beloved game, right, I would probably ask the creator of the game to maybe be on board with it, to do it right. You know what, guys? This uh, also happens in music a lot, that the remasters, the artist has no say, and a lot of the remasters actually sound worse in, than the original the original masters because mm -hmm. they make it so much louder and and compressed and the artist just can't do anything about it because the record company owns the rights so 
it's it's sad to see it's the same in the game industry. Yeah, I mean, I'm just speaking as as an expert in remasters, someone who's so good at digital remasters that he can uh, get them done from a hospital bed. Um, you know, I'm mean, not that I'm saying I'm particularly skilled. I'm just saying I'm the best in the business. Uh, at that and all the other things, uh, but I, I just think it might be a good idea to get the people who are involved on the on the master to be involved with the remaster. Exactly, like it would it would make sense if you're for repeating like, something. Maybe us. If if Justin yeah, came the, to the you and was like, people. "Hey, hey, Jim, I want to re- help you remaster this episode of the Jimquisition. Can you give me advice?" You'd hope that you would respond and say, "This is how to remaster it." Yeah, yeah, you'd think so. Um, I, I no reply. That's the thing. Like getting having someone like go over your head in an in the industry. That's not under. Well, it's predictable. It's expected. Yeah. Okay. They remastered this game, and the guy who created the game didn't even fucking know. That is a typical publisher move to not even give the man a courtesy email. Yeah, that does seem when a he's bit got of a dick fixes. Yeah, like he's the, not even oh. asking for money. It seems he just wants the game better. Yeah, maybe that's why though. Maybe maybe if they legally acknowledge it, they're going to have to pay him. <laughs> is is it just a case of if we respond to your email, then we have to pay you as a consultant? If we don't respond to your that's email, like maybe... we can just be like, no, we just conveniently also heard those same complaints, and yeah, we had these ideas on our own. Yeah, and it definitely wasn't your email. Yeah, this Nightcore I just uploaded is my own idea. <laughs> um, other things we had this week. Five Nights at Freddy's 6 got both announced and cancelled in the same announcement, which is a weird headline Amazing. that was going around. Did either of you see anything about this? Scott Cawthon's incredible. Um, I do not know this yet, no. but I'm. that sounds about right. Like, that just makes sense. So, yeah, it, it's a... I see Five Nights at Freddy's and I just click away as fast as possible. Oh, but Gaff, when are you going to do a Five Nights song? <laughs> you would not believe the amount of requests. It's one of those things. Oh, you I see had the headline and it seems very much like a, oh, uh, that seems like the kind of thing that would happen with that game. Like, it seems like it would be a bit of a nothing headline, but I thought it was kind of an interesting story. So, I always forget the guy's name. Who's the guy that makes Five Nights at Freddy's? Uh, Scott Cawthorn. Yeah, Scott Cawthorn. Uh, basically, he put up a big... Slash Jim Slash Sterling, because yeah, as we yeah. all know, Jim, Jim is responsible. I did invent Five Nights at Freddy's by accident. So, Let's not yeah, forget. Jim Sterling put up this post while he was in the hospital. And I kind of <laughs> have respect for the post because it basically boiled down to him being like, hey, so people have been asking what I've been working on. First up, I've been working on Five Nights at Freddy's 6. You know, this is what I've been working on. And I'm really not happy with it, and I'm really like panicking about the pressure on me, and I don't feel like it's going to oh, be better than him. the last game I made. So this is what I've been working on, and I'm no longer working on it. So uh, I was going to make Five Nights at Freddy's 6. I put time into it. That's what I was doing. And I'm not going to release an end product. Classic. So he, I mean, that's yeah, fair. Yeah, he, he announced that he had been if developing... If you don't feel... Yeah... If you don't feel the product you're making is worth your audience's uh, time and money, I I think it's well, good yeah. to. Uh... Well, I again, agree. this is the guy who brought out that RPG, that that Freddy World RPG, uh, and it was bad. It was quite fucking bad. Uh, so he took it down from Steam, refunded everyone, whether they wanted a refund or not. He gave everyone their money back, and then remade the whole game. Uh, even though it was better, didn't charge for it on the second release and just put it out. Uh, this guy is like, he gets shit because 
obviously the games are super popular with YouTubers and, you know, they're not mechanically um, super involved. And they came out, the, the initial Freddy games came out very quick, one after the other. Uh, but he has always demonstrated this self-criticism and this willingness to walk something back if he's not happy with it and, and make it right. And so that is just such a typical Five Nights at Freddy's announcement that, what am I working on? Five Nights at Freddy's 6, but it's shit, so I'm not doing that now. Like, that is so, such a Scott I'll, thing. Like, bless his heart. I'm sure we've all, I'm sure we've all scrapped work that we weren't, oh, absolutely. that we didn't feel was working, right? Yeah, so I'm, I, I'm in two minds about this, this announcement. So... On the one hand, totally respect the move to be like, hey, I sunk months into working on this and I wasn't happy with it, so I stopped working on it and just scrapped it and I'm not putting it out. But it feels weird to announce that you were making it. Because you can make a project and not be happy with how it's turned out and as and just not... You can scrap it and not tell anyone that you made it and scrapped it. It yeah. feels weird to tell people I was making I this thing Laura, and I'm not letting you have it because it was shit. I think the thing there is that um, due to how interactive this guy is with his audience, and I saw something about this that was like people nagging him incessantly for this game. Yeah, like, I can really, see him wanting like, to address that. Yeah. The Five Nights fan base is... wanted to address all of the requests he was getting for it. Yeah, the Five Nights fan base is very, very involved, and Scott Cawthon is very, very yeah. sensitive to his public. So I can definitely see him wanting to give people updates on a Five Nights situation. Um, and also, I mean, it doesn't sound like he's saying there will never be a Five Nights at Freddy's 6. It's more that he didn't like the current iteration. Um, yeah. I have no doubt in my mind that we will see another Five Nights at Freddy's. Oh, um, yeah. Like absolutely no doubt. Yeah. Uh, and and this is certainly one way to keep people talking about Five Nights. Um, not that I... Scott, I think, is is a good businessman. Um, and and there is, some, there is always some cynicism uh, involved in business to a degree, but he is one of the most earnest uh, businessmen that I've ever spoken to. Uh, so I do believe he's being very truthful in what he's saying, but the fact that it keeps people talking about Five Nights at Freddy's ain't a bad move either. So I think this is yeah, just going to work out well for him in the long run. It's, it's, I mean, hell, we're talking about what a good committed developer he is. That's good PR. Yeah, it... It's one of those things that, like, it, if it were anyone else, I would assume the cynical motivation of, like, you're only doing this to, you know, to be like, hey, look, I, I'm totally still making things. But there's something that feels really sincere about him, and I don't know why I believe this sincerity from him, but I kind of do. Yeah, yeah. Scott, Well, because he has Scott's a track a record of, um, of taking on board criticism and improving yes. by using it, hasn't he? I think that's a thing. Like, it's like we were talking about last time when we were talking about the credibility of an O'Connor. It comes down to your past behaviour and, and what the things you say mean in practice. And what Scott Cawthorn says um, lines up with what he does in practice. And I yeah. think that's why this is... Everything about this story makes perfect sense and will probably uh, work out entirely in Scott's favour. The fact that it's he like has... when you It's like when you see the word DLC on an Activision project, you go, oh, for fuck's sake. Or when, but when you see the word DLC on a CD project game, 
you're like, oh, this is going to be good. Yeah, you yeah, know? yeah. You you know you know what to expect. Um, mm. it, it's like there there is no one idea in video games that is inherently universally bad. Uh, it's more the reputation they earn with the way they're used. Apart from DRM. Um, apart from DRM, yes. Um, Fuck DRM. Yeah, that, I, I guess I shouldn't have been so absolute. I knew immediately there was going to be at least five things that are inherently bad. Um, <laughs> in general, in general terms, uh, most ideas that are seen as generally bad aren't inherently bad, they're just always used badly, uh, or almost always used badly. Um, but there are certain people who, when those terms are used in conjunction with them, you get excited because they've proven that they know what they're doing and they know how to do these things yeah. right. I, CD I, Projekt and DLC, uh, and Scott Cawthon and Cancelled a Game. Uh, usually, for some reason, means a good thing. Yeah, um, that, if, that if, is... if Scott's Cancelled a Game, it normally means... It's because he's gonna come back with something th that yeah. he feels is up to snuff. That that is a really good point. Like there are very few developers other than him that I can point out have pulled a game down, refunded everyone, and then made a better version and given that out for free as a yeah. replacement. And 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 I think that's that's the difference between a, a, a developer you, you trust and a developer you don't. It all comes down to what they say versus what they do and scott is one of those few developers i can point out and say that's a consistent man he mm. i whether you like five nights or not i don't get to those games myself i've said that before i've said that in a Inquisition. i've said like i don't get these games i'll still play them um because it's funny i feel it's funny to watch me not get them my audience is split as to whether it's funny or annoying um but i even though i don't really like the games Scott, I, above perhaps any other developer, and not just because I invented his game for him, um, and more than any other developer has uh, po probably has has my respect more than anyone else in the industry. Um, I think I'd, I'd be willing to go as far as to say that because I, I see few few folks in this industry as genuine and as consistent as him. Nice. Um... Yeah, and sometimes you know you. Sometimes you get really excited getting something out. Like I've certainly released things before and then realized actually I'm not happy with it. And the only the only way you can fix that then without pissing off your audience is to then release it for free for a while, you know, because people will have already bought the version that you're not happy with. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's if you fuck up, make it right. And so few yeah. developers um, of, of publishers, you know, what have you in the industry want to admit they fucked up, let alone take steps to make it right. Uh, and I think the the ones who have a real loyal following and, and, and genuine love in this industry are the ones who not only are, are willing to admit when they mess up, but are willing to do what they can to fix it. Um, like a certain Jim did when he was in the hospital and forgot that when he credited Malcolm Gladwell for the perfect pasta sauce analogy, he did it in the intro four years ago, not in the bulk of the episode that got remastered. So I've got to fucking apologise to Malcolm Gladwell, not that he gives a shit, um, but I've got to apologise to Malcolm Gladwell for accidentally um, looking like I might have possibly plagiarised him, <laughs> which was not my intention. Uh, it was always supposed to be a full... Um, uh, fully influenced by Malcolm Gladwell's TED talk, but I it didn't get 
uh, carried over to the remaster. So that's my fuck up that I've got to deal with, um, you know, next week. And but it's fine. People live with their fuck ups, and it's all that's fine. That's it. You would you you got to just say, you know, I, I I screwed the pooch on that one. I'll uh, I'll make it right, and then that's what Scott does, and that's mm. why I think he's got the fan base he has. Yeah. Uh, have either of you had a look yet at the Castlevania anime that got put up on Netflix? No, because Konami oh, yeah. knew I was in the hospital. That's why they put it up. Uh, Laura, when I you, couldn't you see you can it. probably guess my answer to that one. I don't know. It's it's, it's 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 Castlevania, and Netflix have a good track record with you know original series. I don't know if you've watched it. No, I don't watch animes. I... Uh, I'm looking forward to giving it a look. I've heard it's uh, short and digestible. Um, unlike me, oh. so I'm gonna—I don't know what I meant by that even. Uh, but I'm gonna—I'm gonna have to check that out at some yeah, point. Yeah, like to to make my very quick thoughts on it. It's very polished and very well uh, created. It does have the polish of of a lot of Netflix's better original programming. What I will mm-hmm. say is, it's very transparent that this was a two-hour movie that was cut up into four episodes, so ah. that they could call it a season of a TV show so that they could announce season two coming. Like, this is this is clearly, like, quite transparently a two-hour pilot that was cut up into four episodes. But it's a very good two-hour pilot, like, original Castlevania adaptation. So it's well worth a watch. Gotcha. You know, you know what's fucking awesome on Netflix is Glow. Oh, Have Glow is so that? good. Uh, oh, it's so good. I, I can't remember what it stands for, but it's the wrestling one, isn't it? The something. It's, is it Gorgeous Ladies? Yeah, of g- wrestling, Gorgeous, gorgeous Ladies of Wrestling it. sounds right. It's it's sort of eighties eighties glam ladies wrestling show, and it's amazing. Yeah, slash kind of um, somewhat coming of age tale for some of the characters and then weird like romance revenge tale as well uh, like it's it's fucking great Net- Netflix is funny I've not seen that even really though I've started like, I started getting back into the wrestling again and I haven't gotten around to watching Glow but I have heard really good things yeah go go watch Glow and then like if you're gonna watch the Castlevania thing watch it in one two hour sitting just watch it all back to back Speaking... that's clearly what it was meant to be Speaking of wrestling, um, they had to, when they did my first procedure uh, at the hospital, because they did two things. One, they had to clear out my bile ducts, and then they they did the second one, which was the actual surgery. Um, The first time around, apparently I do not like being unconscious. Um, My recovery from anesthesia is not good. In in either case, was it good? Um, It was horrible recovery. I do not like being unconscious. Um, But the first time, they had to pin me down because I kept trying to get up an escape and even though i didn't apparently i wasn't shouting but in my mind i had to get up and shout james ellsworth is a terrible wrestler <laughs> uh, that's all i wanted to do bearing in mind james ellsworth is a like he's a character in the wwe he has wrestled i've never seen him wrestle because i've only seen him in his role as like a manager for for one of the women wrestlers um and i actually like love him in that role him and carmella are like the highlight of that of um, SmackDown at the moment. And so I love him, but for some reason, I went unconscious after uh, with the, you know, I had the oxygen mask on my face. The next thing I know, I'm being held down because all I want to do is tell everyone James Ellsworth is terrible. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jim, you're watching the oh. WWE at the moment. You might remember the name oh, of the yeah, wrestler yeah. Who's, whose name I keep forgetting. Um, 
female wrestler who joined the WWE fairly recently, who when she walks out, there's all the wacky inflatable arm flailing tube people. Oh, Bailey! Bailey! I really like Bailey. Bailey. Bailey's really cool, and I keep forgetting her name. She's good. Yeah, Bailey's cool. She uh, be very inspired by the Macho Man, hence the the tassels yeah, yeah. and how's, the elbow drop. I've, She's. I've cool. not watched any of her stuff in in a couple of weeks. How's how's Bailey doing? Oh yeah. She's doing all right. Yeah. yeah. She she uh. Yeah, she's in a program with um, what's it? It's Alexa Bliss and Nia Jax, mm. and then it's Bailey and Sasha Banks. Oh, Sasha Banks on Raw. Sasha Banks is so they're, good. They're doing well. The s women's wrestling on SmackDown though is fucking incredible. They have such a strong roster of women wrestlers. So that that was one of the things that jumped out of me getting back into it after mm. the fifteen year break. Because back when I was watching it, now you know I'm not going to pretend the fucking sixteen, seventeen year old Jim Sterling didn't appreciate what they were doing with women back then. Um, but adult Jim Sterling is far happier to see that we've moved away from bra and panties matches and are actually having full-fledged fucking women, yeah, like women's money in the bank ladder matches and hell in a cells and stuff. Laura, wasn't one of the actresses in Glow actually a, a real WWE wrestler as well? I, I believe I think... so, yeah. Can't remember what her name was, but she's one of the two black girls and she was like actually in the... I don't know, was it WWE, but she was like a professional wrestler. Looking at those women, it wouldn't surprise me if any of them had been professional wrestlers. They certainly have the build for fighting. Um, Apart from Alison <laughs> Brie. <laughs> but yeah, no, like, I I got back into, like, WWE branded stuff a while ago, watching, uh, mainly watching the women's matches in NXT, and really oh, enjoying yeah, that. Oh yeah, NXT's so fucking I was, brilliant. I was watching a lot of the NXT stuff just before Bailey went up to the WWE, um... Right. But yeah. No. I. I. I've been oh, enjoying. Yeah. If you haven't seen it, Laura, the the last woman standing match from two mm -hmm. weeks ago in NXT between Oscar and Nikki Cross. Mwah! I have. Incredible. That is one of the few things I have seen, and oh my goodness, it was yeah. so good. So I'm. I'm Oscar is amazing. Uh, like that. Is I, ha one of the... I have an Oscar T-shirt. <laughs> that has Emperor uh, em Empress of Tomorrow written on the back of it. Oh, I yeah, think Empress it of is. Tomorrow. Um, uh. I, I was always a big fan of entrances back in the day. Um, it's one of the reasons why I insist when I do like the, the few occasions I do panels and things, I always want to key up my music and come out to it rather than just be sat there at the panel. It's still a holdover from my time as a, a big wrestling fan and loving big entrances. And that seems to be what they mostly do now in wrestling yeah. is enter. Um, and Asuka's got a great one. I... The, uh, the, the, the mask and the music and everything and her like weird dancing and stuff. Mm. It's so fucking good. I, I started watching NXT while I was in surgery recovery like last summer. And the main thing I remember of like my first night watching NXT live was like just doing a lot of tweets about how I wanted Asuka to just like step on me. I was like, okay, it's fine. Just do what you will, Asuka. Just, just, just crush me. It's fine. Oh, yeah, she's uh, still undefeated. I used to like the Bushwhackers intro. They did that funny thing with their <laughs> arms. Oh, I remember who, who as a kid guys... watching the Royal Rumble where that one Bushwhacker does that Bushwhacker yeah. walk all the way up to the ring, yeah. gets knocked right over the top rope the second he gets in and just carries on doing the walk back to the uh, locker room. Jim, you might know. Who are the, the NXT, the men's pair that are like, their whole deal is that they are fancy British type people. Um, I'm not no, sure. I, I may not have being spotted them last summer, yet. I think. I don't know. Ah, I see, it's only in the two, past like, few months I've been catching up. I remember two slightly Britishy, like, oh yes, we are here in our uh, suits and jackets 
types that uh, I enjoyed. No, they've been doing I don't um, who they were. At the moment, they've been doing the the UK Championship stuff. Um, that was the first NXT thing I saw was the uh, uh, their last takeover event, which had Tyler Bate versus Pete Dunne, which is one of the best wrestling matches I've ever seen. Uh, it, I, did you that ever was go when to I was the, like, I think it's a good go time to, to get back into ones? this shit. Sorry, I just got... Th- did you ever actually go to a match? You know what? I never actually got to attend a live event yeah. back in I the saw, day. Um, Far too poor. I, I saw Giant Haystacks it. when I was a kid. Oh, nice. I don't know if he was known in America, but he was pretty He was a big, big famous Ireland British UK, wrestler. Oh, um, yeah. yeah, most people have heard of Giant Haystacks. Jim, Jim, um, I, I have my... T- yeah. I remembered my two NXT stories I wanted to say while we're talking about wrestling. So oh, first right, of yeah, all, yeah. I absolutely love Shinsuke. Shinsuke Nakamura, he's beautiful. And he's oh, hell yeah. I love him and his, his violins. But mainly, and also, yeah, the en- another great oh, entrance. Another great entrance. But I love Bobby Roode with his chance Glorious! of victorious. Because he has victory written on his ass on his shorts. It's his victory <laughs> ass. And that makes me chuckle nice. every time I see Bobby Roode. Uh, the Glorious so, Bobby yeah. Roode is, uh, yeah, he's a nice old school heel from the looks of it. Um, like, I'm still learning, the, like, everyone's deal. Um because, like I said, it's been a few months, um, so I'm still getting the lay of the land. But Bray Wyatt has easily mm. become a favourite of mine because he's one of the few guys left who's still doing like weird, quirky, cartoony, supernatural shit. Um, a lot of a lot of wrestlers now just seem to be just blokes. It's just some bloke. <laughs> Hi, dude. my name's. I'm, I'm just John. My name's just John the bloke. Um, so you don't see many like enigmatic characters anymore. Um, they still got gold dust knocking about. I used to love him, obviously. Um, so yeah, yeah. John uh, the bloke White, actually like. sounds like that could be an interesting character. <laughs> you know what? Funnily enough, um, back in the day when I was a fan during the Attitude Era, they had a wrestler whose name was Just Joe, and that was his gimmick. It was he was Just Joe. It didn't go over very well. People didn't really get on board with it, but I loved it. Um, it worked until he had to wrestle. That was the thing. When he was just backstage and people were like, who are you? And it's, oh, I'm just Joe. And like he seemed to just know everybody else's feuds and problems. Um, that was funny. And then they, you know, they had to spoil it because eventually you've got to go out and wrestle and then that's all the mystery gone. But yeah, there was a guy who for a while was just Joe. So yeah, I I I'm not like super up to speed on wrestling stuff, but I have been enjoying a lot of I've been enjoying the NXT people a lot. Um, That's yeah, NXT's good. Um, Raw is yeah, although their pay per view on Sunday was quite nice. Watch that on my phone in uh, hospital. Uh, SmackDown is really good, and the women's stuff on it is amazing. Mm. Uh, the tag stuff is good. The Usos are really cool. Um, and Carmella is, since the Money in the Bank thing, as controversial as it was, I'll give them credit. They they turned it into a, a story that catapulted Carmella into like one of my all time favorite wrestlers. So like the way she's handling it as a as a heel is really good. So yeah, there's some good stuff out there. It seems. And and that's good. We... Uh, and also, uh, I will be doing a podcast because people have been like telling me to do wrestling podcasts now. But after 
uh, Battleground, which is the next SmackDown pay-per-view. Uh, Simon Miller, uh, formerly Ooh. a video gamer and uh, currently of What Culture and of The Miller Report, um, asked me to uh, do a podcast with him uh, so we can talk about the Punjabi prison match between um, uh, Jinder Mahal and Randy Orton. I watched the previous two because that happened while I was away. Um, I say away while I was not watching wrestling. Uh, the past two Punjabi prison matches. <laughs> um, I'll say this much. Maybe with and then Mahal, it'll be entertaining. But uh, The Undertaker and Big Show do not a good Punjabi prison match make. Nor did the great Carly, who I've only seen a handful of times. And that's enough of the great Carly for me, thanks. Should we finish off with but some yeah, gaming stuff? Because we kind of went off of yes, gaming for sorry. a while. Should we, should we close up on a gaming thing? Let's, let's, yes. Uh, what yeah, have we got? Sure. One last gaming-y thing we have on the list. Um... We have Michel Ancel coming up, and it's not to do with him lying about Beyond Good and Evil this time. Um, he just, in the office in Ubisoft, stumbled across a playable prototype of Rayman for the Super Nintendo, which is not a game that was ever released. And he just put it up on the internet as a ROM that people can plug into their SNES emulators and was like, yeah, we were working on Rayman for the SNES and it just never happened. You can play a couple of levels if you like. Hey, cool. And that's just like a cool little thing that happened yeah. of someone that like found a thing that never made the light of day. Because that's clearly never. It's one going of those things I've got nothing. Product. So we was like, yeah. sure, fuck it, play it on your emulators. Why not? It's like I, there's not a lot I could add to that. It's just, huh? Yeah, it's cool. It's surprising. Like it's one of those things that just companies don't do stuff like that usually. Yeah. Especially, uh, you know, companies like Ubisoft who uh, are so typically industry that, you know, you expect them to keep everything on lockdown. Yeah, you'd expect it to be like, we're going to package this up as like a a demo that we sell you to be like, oh, look behind the looking glass. It's, and yeah. it's weird for them to put it out as well and acknowledge that the only way to load it would be to do so on an emulator and to be like, yeah, that's fine, whatever. Yeah, nice. well, no, fair play, fair play to them. Um, thumbs up for that. Also, I, just quickly, uh, apparently, what's that? Call of Duty World War Two is not coming. Yeah, to another another Switch. game, okay, another yeah, game not yeah. coming to Switch because yeah. Switch is. I've been saying this for a bit. Switch is not getting getting those third party games, is it? Of course, it's Call not. Of like Call of, Call of Duty World War Two. The game on the fifteen year old yeah. engine isn't coming to Switch. I said this at the time when they like don't Nintendo quote me did on this that. with I the don't Wii U. That engine is. Nintendo did this with the Wii U. They showed that big list of third-party publisher logos, and it don't mean shit. Like, there will never be a fucking... Let's let's just dispel this idea that Nintendo will ever have reliable third-party support. If if there was ever going to be a time for it, now might have been the time, because the Switch at least supports the same engines as are being used for PS4, Xbox One, PC games, and it is selling very, very, very well out the gate. Yeah. So it's, it's like selling if there was great, ever a and time it's... to try and port your stuff down to Switch, the engines, now would be the time to try it. it. Yeah, like yeah. the portable thing as well means like you, 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 uh, you know, it's that joy of of what they advertise. Yeah. You know, play Skyrim on a plane, ha ha. Um, you think a lot more would jump on it, but no, because it's a Nintendo <laughs> product, and if you're buying Nintendo products for third party games. You're buying the wrong product. I, I honestly think if the Switch had third-party support, third-party games would sell really well on it just because of that portability. 
that it would have a good, like there's a good sales angle of why you should pick up. The there's Switch a couple stuff of I could imagine. Game. Yeah, there's a, there's a couple of games that I already own that I could imagine buying again um, because I would probably enjoy them more in a portable handheld scenario. Um, I can't name any of them off the top of my head, but there there are certainly some that I know that I would much rather play, you know, on a little personal screen out mm-hmm. and about. So if they're doing Skyrim, I mean, I'd love to see Fallout New Vegas or Fallout Three come on it. Yeah, know. that'd be really nice. Come but... on it. That's not quite the phrase I was looking for. <laughs> I <laughs> arrive. Yeah, on the it. fact that like porting Skyrim to the Switch is taking like it's it's not happening till six months after launch suggests that it's not necessarily as easy to port to the Switch as they might have wanted people to believe. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it, it, obviously difficulties with that might be a thing. Um, but I just think third parties just don't seem to give a shit about Nintendo stuff. I mean, even when the Wii was the hottest thing, what were most of them doing? Like, putting out shitty shovelware party game crap just to make some money without caring about giving the, the Wii a decent library of games. Uh, they... They see Nintendo as as a source of revenue, but they third parties don't seem to take it seriously as a as a platform for games. And and I'm not sure where that came from. Maybe you know Nintendo doesn't court them the the way Microsoft and Sony clearly do. Uh, maybe that's something to do with it. But you know, I I, I did see your um your your mentioning earlier in the week, uh, uh, Laura, when you said like we should give up on the Switch as a third party thing. Um, and, and, and I think that holds true for pretty much most Nintendo stuff. Like, we really, we do not need to go down that road of, oh, this one will have loads of third-party support, because I think yeah. it's clearly not going to happen. I, I don't, I'm not going to say that it's not going to happen for the Switch, but I think that, like, there's already enough in the, like, the first year it is selling incredibly well and we're not seeing things ported to it, which suggests that at the very least porting thing, a third-party AAA releases to the Switch would not be an easy proposition. And as such, I think that people need to get their expectations correct and not assume that it's coming. And, yeah. like, just get that expectation in the right place, I guess. Yeah, I think that's fair enough. Yeah, I've got it's Bobby Roode's theme tune stuck thing. in my head now. That's all I know. Thanks to you, Laura. I've just got glorious stuck in Glo- my fucking brain. No, I can't hear that without hearing glory ass. It's glory ass. Yeah, so I think that's it for this week. Uh, that's is that, it. Is that a good yeah, place for us to, um, rest, uh, to finish up so Jim can go lie down and not be dying? I'll, uh, you know what? Surprisingly, this chair's quite comfortable. It's a good position for me. So I've not been too bad. Oh, but, uh, that's good. I, I wouldn't mind giving my jaw a rest anyway. Uh, so let's wrap it up. Um, Laura, how can people get more of your stuff if they need some more, which clearly they're going to after this great show? Uh, you can find me pretty much everywhere at Laura K Buzz. Laura K Buzz on Twitter, YouTube, Patreon. That's the one that pays the bills. You can also this week find me on IGN. I, I did a thing for IGN about how Mass Effect and Skyrim's character creators let you tell your own sort of stories through character creation. So that's on IGN. Go Go read that. They finally paid me for some work. Woo. (laughs) Uh, And Gavin, you do the musics on the internet and they're really good to listen to. And where can people get them? You can go to Miracle of Sound on YouTube where you can hear the aforementioned Zelda song and the Wonder Woman one before it. 
and Miracle Sound on Patreon if you want to throw a few bucks my way, keep doing the musics and Twitter and Facebook and all those good places too. Fantastic. And we'll wrap it up there. Thank you all for listening, as always. Thank you so much for your support of the Junquisition and Podquisition and all of that of whatnot. We will see you next week, unless I have any other organs that need coming out in between here and then. Hopefully not. We will see you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.